from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. We are back with Ann Sharp, our certified professional organizer. So excited to have her back here on the show to talk about what many of us have a problem with. Uh Uh-huh, right? Yeah, (laughs) it's true. We are, some of us, uh, what's the word? Disorganized and just honestly clutter bugs. So welcome back today uh, from uh, A Sharp Space. Please introduce yourself before we begin. Um, My name is Ann Sharp. I'm the owner of a business called A Sharp Space. I'm a certified professional organizer, and I work in the residential space, helping people get organized. Great. And where are you based out of? Um, I'm based in Winchester, which is just north of Boston, Winchester, Massachusetts. So I cover like the greater Boston area in person. Beautiful. And you also do virtual work too? Yeah. Perfect. She's worldwide and sharp. She's really as sharp. And for today, we're going to get right to it. We're going to talk about kids play spaces (sighs) my six and eight year old I don't have a dining room the dining room is the toy room oh the garage is now the storage room of all the toys in the bins filled with toys stacked to the ceiling help to all those parents out there help and then their artwork wait then their memorabilia then their papers and that's the whole other room in my house packed with all their stuff help 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 okay so play spaces should they be dedicated or multi-purpose um i think it's, it's definitely going to vary a lot based on where you live and how what how, you know what your square footage is in your home i think a lot of parents like the idea of a dedicated space because then they can close the door and not have to deal with whatever's going on in there um it's not always possible i mean if you do have a dedicated space it's great because i think today there's just so many um great kids furniture solutions and options um you can kind of have a lot of fun with it and you know scaled for you know toddlers and then um you know elementary age preteens um I, i would say one word of caution though um Sometimes you can pick out some really great like furniture for your kid's dedicated space and then get a little bit of sticker shock when you look at what the shipping charge is. So uh, make sure you check that out if you're um, in the market. But I think a lot of people are um, sharing the space, you know, where the kids play is also maybe a family room or, you know, a living room or even part of an office where you're working during the day while they're at school. And in that situation, I think you need to choose your furniture very carefully. Um, Maybe try to pick multi-purpose furniture, you know, like an ottoman where the top comes up or, you know, maybe um, uh, something like Ikea have very affordable options like their Kallax um, cubby system. Um, It comes in, you know, all sorts of configurations. But then you can easily, you know, repurpose that piece of furniture down the road, use it for different things. Um, You could decide to have cubbies in a space like a Kallax unit, which um, hide what's in it. Uh, Might not make it just as easy for the kids, but then, you know, you could label it too. Um, Clear bins obviously are easier for them to sort of see how to organize their toys and pull out what they want. But if you're looking for a very clean look, there are some very nice, you know, baskets and fabric um, cubes to work with something like that. Um, but the other thing is like crafts, if you think about it, they they can get pretty messy, mm-hmm. right? Um, you don't necessarily want them doing that on your dining room table. Um, 
So I think with something like crafts, you might want to set a few guidelines, you know, just um, this is something that we, it's like a special activity. You know, we do it one-on-one with yourself or with your caregiver, if you've got a nanny or, you know, a relative staying with your kids after school. Um, And crafts can be very well organized on a cart, which can kind of come to the kitchen table, you know, cover it with some paper or whatever. And then, be put away in a closet afterwards. So, you know, it it can be a very portable and uh, versatile piece of furniture to have a cart, you know, and they're very affordable. I mean, you can pick them up for $20, $30 in a number of places. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Well, Mm. by the way, Anne Sharp here, uh, just want to remind them how we could reach you, by the way, your website and best form of contact. I don't think we established that off the top. Oh, um, my phone number is 617-939-4641. And my website is asharpspace.com. So A-S-H-A-R-P-S-P-E-A-E.com. And you will find there um, a way to link. So if you want to book a discovery call, it's complimentary, just so we can have a chat first and see if it looks like it's a good fit for you. Awesome. All right. To continue yeah. on, we talked about carts, right? Where to store stuff. Uh, what about some uh, maintenance? <laughs> we got to make that part of the uh, daily routine, you say, right? Yeah. I mean, it's all very well to bring myself in or, you know, you as a parent take some time off to knock the room into shape. But if your kids aren't part of the process and part of um, keeping up with it, it's just going to get back to the way it was and pretty quick time, you know. So I think you need to start developing routines. Um, you know, m- maybe there's just before dinner, you, you take five, 10 minutes, okay, you have to pick up the playroom. And I mean, you have to um, demonstrate for kids what that means. Don't assume that they know what you mean by that, you know, so you should role model a little bit, you know, do it with them a couple of times. Um, I'm not saying everything has to be perfect, but if you've gone through trouble of organizing it and provided storage for certain groups of toys, then they should have a home and that, you know, so you want to ask them basically to put them back in their home and, you know, maybe close a cupboard door or whatever it is. Um, But they can be part of that process. And once you've worked with them a few times, uh, you just make it like, okay, before you sit down at the table, make sure, you know, you've spent five minutes picking up and then go and wash your hands and I'll see you at the table. So, yeah, just it's a matter of building routines or putting, you know, as part of their um, chores, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe once a week they do a bigger tidy up, you know, Um, maybe once a month they pull out a few things that they're not interested in and put them in that donation box that you've got the bottom of the cupboard and, you know, because they're not playing with it, somebody else will enjoy it. So that that's a really good habit to instill in kids early on that if you're not enjoying something anymore or playing with it very much, there's somebody out there who would love it. And why not, you know, let it move on. Aww. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing this. And also, let's go down the list a little further and talk about toys, right? What's the deal with rotating toys? Um, I think not everybody, certainly, because there's definitely kids that don't have very much, particularly at the moment. Um, it's a lot of immigration and so on. But um, there's also the other extreme where kids have too much Um you know, family and friends give them things. They have birthday parties. They get a lot of stuff. And it can, it can be overwhelming for a kid, to be honest. Um, so I think it's better to think less is more. 
make sure that what they are playing with is age appropriate. You can really spoil a toy, I think, for a kid by giving it to them too early. It's very tempting, you know, to go to that like Playmobil with all those little parts. But to be honest, if there's a choking hazard and they're under three, you shouldn't be doing that, you know, and give them pieces that their hands can manage, you know, like with Legos, like the Duplo version, as opposed to, you know, let's build a spaceship, you know. So you have to pick toys that are age appropriate. But I would say keep it um, manageable. Certainly there's different types of toys, you know, building toys mm-hmm. are very good for their imagination. Um, I'm not always a big fan of, you know, build what's on the picture, like a jigsaw puzzle. And, you know, I mean, I think building toys are really more for your imagination. You know, build, just give them a stack of bricks and see what they come up with. So, um, yeah, so sometimes just pulling a few toys out and putting them away is actually a good thing for the kids because then they're all excited about them again when they come back into rotation, you know. So I like that idea of rotation. It becomes like new and surprising. Like right. it feels new again. It does because yeah. the you know go to the store. They always want 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 new, and then it ends up on the back burner. But then if you mm-hmm. get rid of it, you bring it back. I like we have an air hockey table, and I put it in the garage. Bring it out every few weeks. It's like a whole new game. It's great. Yeah. I like this train yeah. set, automotive one, and this light up car set. Can't fit them in the room anymore. Bring them out, and it's like wow. And they play for for a few days. I love it. Then they get sick of it, which yeah. is normal. But yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a healthy thing to do to put things away every now and again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. What else is on the list? Um, well, art, right? I mean, if you've got kids, you've probably got kids coming home with backpacks and things that they've made in school. And I know for a lot of parents, this becomes um, quite overwhelming. I mean, it's lovely to see what they have produced in school. I think it's um, much more common, of course, to the younger kids, the preschoolers and elementary age than the older kids, unless, you know, they really are actively choosing art classes. But, um, you know, you, you want to recognize that your kids wants to share something with you. So that's, that's a positive thing. It's, you know, something to talk about. But I don't think you should feel compelled as a parent to keep every, um, you know, every scribble, every piece of art, every piece of writing, um, every report card, even for that matter, that they come home with. Um, So I think you need to be a little selective. Um, Just start developing some boundaries and routines, depending, you know, what your routine is with your kid, because maybe, you know, you're leading a a busy life with a full-time job and it's the weekend before you really get to delve deep into, you know, what happened at school, you know, in depth. So um, maybe just, you know, empty the backpack into, like, have a container. Um, I know I would say an oversized box because I don't know if you've seen preschool art. It's not typically A4 size. It's often a little bigger. Um, just collect the art there, maybe for a week or something. And then, you know, pick out two or three favorites and put them on the fridge. Or, um, you know, you can get like a washing line with little pegs, you know, that they could be hung somewhere. Maybe if you do have a playroom. Um, there's also these frames that you can get, which um, they just snap shut, you know, over a piece of art. Very simple. Um, so basically you have places on your wall for the frames, but you change the art in them frequently. I mean, they don't have mounts or anything very simplistic, but, you know, a way of honoring your kid's art. So I would say sort of gather it, then with your child go through and pick out, you know, some special pieces 
honor them but explain them and then the rest sort of quietly disappear but then when the new batch comes in put the ones that are really nice in a, a box that you're maybe collecting for a year end you know maybe in the summer after the school year is over and then you'll look through you know every week or every month's favorites and decide oh you know i'd love to make a maybe a scrapbook so you know it could be a summer activity you do with them or there are companies like archive where you can actually send your kids art or you know maybe a piece of poetry it could be a piece of writing um and send off and they will make you a beautiful book and it, you know you could end up making a book a year it's not that inexpensive i will say though um but one piece of advice i heard this once i think it was during the pandemic we were doing a lot of uh, webinars among ourselves as organizers and this girl made this great suggestion. She said, you know, the piece of art is wonderful at the time, but it's really, it's your kid holding the piece of art. That's what you want to remember. You want to remember what age they were, how proud they were. Um, so I, I would suggest if you're um, making a book and maybe taking a picture, a photo, you know, of the piece of art, take a photo with your child in it, holding the art. And similarly for trophies, I mean, trophies, you know, they gather depending, I don't know if you've got kids who play hockey like my kids, do you, you get a lot of trophies. <laughs> but, you know, it's your child holding the trophy is really what you want to remember more than the trophy itself. So, yeah, I think you need to be selective. Hmm, interesting. I'm a big believer hmm. in that because now he comes home, I have a six and eight-year-old, a six-year-old comes home with all his artwork. And he, mom, that's, he says, a memory without the M. He says, memory, and I just love it. Mama said, but that's a memory. And I'm like, oh. I know, but do we really need another picture of a ghost? And, but mom, you can't throw that away. So I, I would like to start taking pictures of stuff. <laughs> and you're right, yeah. maybe I got, you know, those, those Shutterfly, you can make a book and you can have like oh, yeah. 20 images. So it saves the clutter because the clutter adds up and adds up and adds up. Yeah. And I like that. Getting rid I remember, of stuff, um, but, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, it's just we had a family dog when my kids were, you know, from like four to 16 when mm -hmm. my youngest. And when the dog died, very sad because this dog had been a big part of our family as the kids were growing up. And I made a photo book. And of course, the dog is featured in every photo. But to be honest, it was really a book about the kids growing up. It was, you know, the dog pulling like my daughter in the dinghy or the dog with goggles on or the dog with the birthday hat. But, you know, the kids were in the picture, too. They were on a hike or they were on the lake or, you know, Obviously, they weren't on a plane because it was all local, but it became a really great keepsake for my kids because it covered 12 years, the yeah. length of time the dog lived, but captured many key moments from yeah. each year. And um, yeah, it's, it's treasured by each of them, you know. So, you know, I, I do think there is a place for keeping certain things. And I think when the kids get older, um, you can, you know, be a bit more discriminate and involve them in it. But when they're very young, you're kind of acting as the caretaker or creator. You know, you're trying to think, uh, what would my kid at 25 really want to have um, from yeah. his childhood? You know, I mean, it might be the jersey he wore at a particular hockey event where they won something or, you know, so you're, you're sort of picking and choosing these things. But I think you need to put a limit on it. And um, a lot of parents struggle with this. I know they do. Um, they're choosing things more for them, remembering their kid's childhood rather than what the kid themselves may want. 
Uh, and to a certain extent, it's okay. But, you know, I, I always recommend, like, maybe have a trunk per kid. By the time they're they're done with mm-hmm. school, you know, it, it should all come down to one trunk of fun memories. Maybe it's the high school yearbooks in there, you know, plus the doggy book or the book that you made of their art or, you know, maybe it's the birth announcement. Um, yeah. Maybe a special if you had a sweet 16 or a bar mitzvah or something, you know, it's the... I, I got a question. Yeah. I have this issue since I was a kid because my mom did the same for me. She collected, and I still have, all my birthday cards. From I was one, two, three, four, or five. Now I have my kids, six, eight, all these birthday cards, and I'm saving them. Why? Why? Yeah. They're just birthday uh-huh. cards. I don't even believe in car- giving cards because I feel like they end up on the floor and they end up in the junk pile of the garbage. Yeah. Well, you could turn them into a craft activity. I mean, that's what I personally do after Christmas. Um, oh, tell me. I have Christmas cards. I make them into gift tags. And I kind of enjoy it. I have some fun serrated scissors, you know, which give it a different yeah. flair and then bits of ribbon. And I don't know, maybe maybe people like them, maybe they don't. But I, I, I kind of enjoy doing it. And it's a way to keep some of the images. So, um, yeah, you can use them in art, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think maybe a, if it was a sweet 16 or, you know, maybe a 21st, you know, a special birth. No, we'd keep personal i wouldn't keep them all no but, yeah. <laughs> yeah i gotta get rid of them. I like this it, so it's crap yeah. you turn them over you yeah. use them to make, what type of labels do you make oh oh labels just ones that you tie on you know I'll, I'll um you know punch a hole in it add a nice piece of ribbon and uh use it as a tag but you know if you are keeping them and you really do want to keep just make sure you're keeping it in a archival storage box you know something um where it's not going to get, you know, uh, yellowed and so on. So, so pick a, um, archival methods uh, is a website they sell our, you know, archival boxes. Um, and same with photographs, actually be very careful how you're storing them. I mean, obviously you should really be thinking about digital, but if you are storing actual pictures, you should make sure that you're storing them properly and so on. And you might want to use like weather tight kind of bins to put even the archival boxes in, um, particularly if you're storing them somewhere where it's not climate controlled and, you know, the temperature varies a bit or there's a chance of some damp. That would be the worst thing to go to all this trouble and keep all these things and then open it up years from now and find it, you know, it's damp, mold. Yeah. Or whatever. No, I get so, um, it. Yeah, go the extra mile and buy the right supplies to try to protect what you are keeping. All right. And as far as, well, we're talking here more now about uh, the memorabilia, obviously. Uh, let's just remind everyone and how we can reach out to you before we continue. Um, you can reach out to me by phone, which is 617-939-4641, or on my website. Um, my email is anne, A-N-N-E, at com, and I'm also on LinkedIn. Perfect. All right, let's continue. So what other ideas for memorabilia can you give to us? Well, it involves the kids, you know, to a certain extent, particularly the older they get. Um, You know, um, I I know I made as a graduation gift for one of my kids, you know, sort of all the different sports things that it had been to, you know, and it's it's hard for kids themselves to put pull this all together. So I think, you know, a scrapbook with, um, you know, newspaper articles and photos and 
um, maybe ticket stubs to particular games. It, it can still be fun. Of course, everybody likes to do things digitally, but there is something very special about mm-hmm. you know, touching things and having the actual items there. You know, if you're into scrapbooking or need a rainy day project, you know. Um, but of course, you can digitize things. And I definitely recommend if you have videos, for example, like say if your kids went to preschool and they gave you like a VHS or a CD of, you know, the display from years ago and mm-hmm. you have kept it, you need to digitize that because, um, yeah, DVDs and tape, they, they are not going to last forever. You, you need to get it in a digital version. And um, there's an organization called the Photo Managers. What's that? And um, it's another, like, I'm part of the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals, and a lot of um, photo organizers are part of NACO, but they're also part of this great industry called um, the photo managers. And they will take all your, you know, in, on different, like, you, you may have even... Like, what if I have fo- photos on Google, on iCloud, right. on Amazon? Exactly. The photo managers? Um, I never heard of that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, you can find someone in your area to work with. They, they will work with you to create something that's manageable for you and, and make sense of all those photos you've got on your phone. I mean, there's software now to, you know, get rid of duplicates, um, you know, physical pictures. If you're looking at a scenery shot and you can't even remember where it is, why, why are you keeping it, right? So, you know, sometimes you can give someone else rules about things. If there's nothing written on the back, you know, or um, you can give like key people that you're looking for in pictures and someone else can actually do the legwork and they have a lot of software and tips and tricks for doing it. So, you know, sometimes you just want to connect with the right person um, to do that. Awesome. All right. Well, we still got four minutes left in the show and what else is on tap oh well um so for your own memorabilia for mm-hmm. you as adults um i think think carefully about um what you're leaving your kids to deal with um people talk a lot about decluttering and they're thinking about physical things you know dishes and sofas and artwork but if you've been keeping a lot of things that are memories for you. I, I love Thai, um, what was her name? Margarita Magnusson wrote this book called The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Quite a mouthful of a title, but this is the way they would do things in Sweden. They wouldn't leave things for their kids to deal with. So what she did was she got like a shoebox and she put things in it that were important to her during her lifetime. You know, the ticket stub to the concert or a photograph of an old boyfriend or maybe even a special t-shirt, but things that would have no meaning really for her kids. And she labeled it, you know, you can get rid of this when I die. So she basically got it down to a shoebox of really key memorabilia that she wanted to hold on to for her. And then, you know, when the kids are clearing out and selling the house, you know, she's giving them permission. It's okay. You know, this was for me. I know it's not part of who you are or your life moving forward. You can just toss it. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, um, there are some great books about, you know, honoring people's memories. Um, and, you know, oh, I, I can tell you another great site I've been um, might be using with a client next week, actually called Artifacts, which was uh, 
created by another NAPO member. And what you do is you take a photograph of something that means a lot to you, but maybe you can't take it with you to your next home, your downsizing or whatever. But you write a little story about it. And there was a great post on LinkedIn just a week or two ago about this guy who had done this. And he said he has something like 300 photos on his phone, in his pocket of things, treasures, that means something to him. And he has a little story about each. He says, I don't have most of those possessions anymore, but I have all of the memories. And um, I just think it's a nice way to kind of keep the essence of what's important to you and, you know, without necessarily keeping the physical item. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of fun things you can do. Perfect. Well, thank serve, you. Serve the memory. Great. Right. Yeah. Now, as a professional organizer, just curious, you know, we, we honed in on the, the kids, the toy spaces. The, yeah. What is the one, what is the biggest problem organization do you see most people have? Is there a certain one that you could say, ah? Um, well, parents don't always organize kids the way kids play with them. I mean, you know, I mean, I've seen some what I'd call over-organization of Legos, for example, and I think it's more about... <laughs> I hate Legos. I'm sorry. I don't know how they... Uh, you lose them. You step on them. They're the most annoying. Well, step on them, that's I got rid of them. They're in my garage, and I hope my kids never play with them again. Yeah. Sorry, Legos, if you're listening, but I can't take I it. Definitely. There's parents out there who use it, you know, as like it's meditation to separate the different colors and put them in the right boxes. But, you know, is that how your kid is playing with it? Mm -hmm. It might be more helpful to put a complete set with the instructions yeah. so they can rebuild it in in a box, you know. So I, I just think think about your child and how they play when you're categorizing things and grouping things, not necessarily how you want them to look. Yeah. You know? So, Yeah. Oh, well, thank right. you for being here. And <laughs> how do we reach out to you, sweetheart? Um, by phone, 617-939-4641 or at my website, asharpspace.com. Perfect. Thank you for being here, for joining us today live right. on the podcast. Great topics as always. And uh, reach out to our friend for a consultation. We could all use it. <laughs> thank you again. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. Bye-bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouth full, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.